0: don't think that a big corporate is slow and can't move fast, it's possible. If you bring the right people together um, with the right skills and the right mindset and the right spirit, then you can move fast.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind, Machines, in the Creating Descent.
2: Thanks that you tuned in again to listen and to geek out with us over the fascinating field of AI and the role of human. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode, and we are very delighted to welcome our today's genius mind, Alexander Zen, the HR head of smart infrastructure. Alex is a passionate leader who drives employee empowerment and trust within Siemens. He believes that we should focus more on nurturing strengths than sticking too much to weaknesses and is fully motivated and energetic in driving cultural change at Siemens. In this episode, we will join him in imagining what the future of work could look like. So I hope you're at least as excited as we are. So let's just dive right into it. Alex, we're super happy to have you with us today and that you are taking some time off your busy schedule to be the guest on our podcast. How are you and where do we catch you today?
0: So first, um, thank you very much for having me. I'm um, delighted to be here. And I mean, I'm working as most of the people in Siemens uh, from home at the moment. And I'm very, I have to say, I'm very well today. But I also have to be honest with you. Uh, that, not, not, that was not always the case um, in the last few months. Because in my situation, we have three children aged uh, one, four, and seven. So it can be quite stressful working from home and to be in front of the screen from, I don't know, seven to to, to eight or to, uh, to seven without a break. It's very, very tiring. And I had difficult times. And then I said... I need to change something because I think I need to learn and to, uh, to learn to work differently and to structure my way, my day differently. And then I really changed and I also brought that into, into a scientist. We're discussing this at the, we are discussing this at the moment. And, but just to give an example, what I did, three actions, concrete actions. First, uh, get up a little bit early in the morning, uh, go for a run. Second, um, I have now really every day a one hour lunch break. And I really at least four times I'm able to really to, to eat, to have a proper lunch break. And and last but not least, and I think maybe this is the most important one, to go outside. 30 minutes for a walk and just have me time, not watch a video or whatever. Really me time, go for a walk, enjoy the sunshine, uh, the fresh air. I think this is important. And I believe, especially in these days, and this is maybe my, I know the answer is much too long, but this is my key message. We all need to learn uh, how we can uh, manage the new normal, how we can work in the in, in the new normal, and that we have to take care of ourselves, of our health, and that we um, that we also invest. And um, definitely, some of you they need to think about that, reflect what they need to change because it's important to stay in a balance, to stay balanced, because only then you are somehow performing it, then you can perform and bring your best performance.
1: Yeah, that's a super truth. Getting up early with a one-year-old, right? You, you got up early anyway, I guess, right? You're right, you're right. Yeah. But it's, So COVID had quite some changes, right, in, in terms of, of typical structures, typical process we followed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and these were somehow totally challenged to, and, and need to be reinvented. Uh, great, great tips from you. But speaking of of challenges, I I, I thought like when, when I looked at your Vita, Alex, right? I, I, what the heck, right? Uh, you have a for me super surprisingly quite an impressive but super focused, clear path towards you know professionalizing you know people uh, people management this is such a wrong word, but it, I think it's called HR, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, from masters, KPMG, Swisscoms, and Siemens, you know, I mean. What a hack, right? <laughs> that demands, to be honest, also some persistence, focus, discipline, right? Was, was it always this kind of aspiration that you want to say, like, hey, I would like to lead an HR department in a super large, crazy org? Or what was the plan B of Alex back then?
0: Back then, I had no plan B and it was never the plan to, I don't know, to lead a, a big, big uh, organization, et cetera, or to become a head of HR. I always follow my heart and my my interests, and I definitely and here you're absolutely right. Uh, I invested then in, in uh, developing my skills. Interest. I was very interested, to really learn to change. Um, also, was was very reflected uh, also to change certain behaviors. For example, as a leader, I really changed. I'm not I'm today a different leader than I was. Uh, I don't know five or ten years ago. And I was always taking bold bold next steps. So I was open. I really left many, many times my comfort zone because there are momentum in your life, and your career, you are super happy. And I was with all employers, I was very happy. I was in the comfort zone, well-established, but then I was approached or contacted by someone else. And then I took the risk because it's always a risk to, to take the next job, a bigger responsibility. And I took it and I'm so happy because I said to myself only I can learn, right? Also, if I if I fail, I can learn. So that's this is somehow a l- little bit maybe my spirit. But now plan B, and this is also maybe my second message is important. Now I have a plan B. Why? I'm going to explain to you. As higher as you get in a hierarchy, as maybe there is a risk that you are uh, somehow afraid to lose the job, to lose the status, whatever, to uh, lose money, whatever it is, and then you're not bold speaking up as you maybe did in the in in the past and this is so super important to challenge the system challenge i don't know your boss and you only can do that when you somehow really believe in yourself and your skills and when you have a plan b i'm somehow independent and don't get me wrong i love siemens i want to stay forever but i'm independent Um i know what to do when something would happen and that gives me a lot of freedom And with that, I maybe act differently than others. And with that, then also, that's very well perceived, and I think that would be my advice. Don't be afraid, have your plan B, that you can somehow, they are somehow independent when there is an event coming that you have not in your hand. Awesome,
1: I I love the, the boldness. It's also one of the paradigms we have, right? Stay bold and committed. Yeah. Exactly. And and challenge the status quo, right? I think that is super important, right? It's so, so nice to generate friction in a positive sense.
0: Yeah, and it's not easy but because sometimes your leaders or, I don't know, many in the organization, they like the status quo because it's their result, right? They, they did yeah. that and they are proud of that. And to, to challenge that, this is then sometimes not, not easy.
1: But speaking of challenge the status quo, right? Our status quo was also challenged, right? With remote work suddenly, right? And if you reflect a bit on, you know, most recent studies, Kinsey and so on, right? Um, they somehow say, like, you know, fifty percent of workforces actually in advanced economies could somehow work from home between three to five days even a week, right? And Siemens has announced, you know, it's in, and committed to the somehow the new normal agenda, which allows some you know rethinking of how do we want to work and how do we want to collaborate right but on the other side uh, we see it also throughout the year yeah now right how do we onboard people right mm-hmm. how do we make sure that they are mindful reflective you know and so there's a, a lot of personal interaction missing in in the current critical situation what's what's your view on the next normal or how do you envision the, this hybrid transition we may somehow, right, uh, arise and what's the setup?
0: I believe my message here would be not to give a clear answer how many days and for which uh, meetings you need to meet face-to-face and which are totally uh, fine doing it virtually. My message is we all have to admit and to, to to realize that you're on a learning journey. And we still need to learn and we also will learn and we need to learn next year. So, And my key message is it's important to discuss it uh, within the team what's right, right? What, which for which meetings we should meet when then the pandemic is over, for which meetings are totally uh, okay doing it online because it's more efficient, et cetera, and how we can increase uh, collaboration uh, uh, virtually. You need to discuss it uh, in the team, reflect and change, adapt. I think this is my key message and maybe a message to, to to the leaders it's not important what you are thinking what's good for the team ask the team what do they need how they see it listen and then decide together as a team what is the collaboration mode how you want to work in a team etc be open and change and that I think that that would be my key message because this is not i mean we have we, have a, we are a big company different teams different functions different jobs there is not one answer right so you need to discuss
2: Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. I totally agree with you. And you already mentioned quite a lot of things about the pandemic. COVID is still around. Around numbers are even rising again right now. So um, we're in tough times, and it's it remains tough. And everybody's coping in different ways. And you sh- already shared some thoughts on how employees could become more resilient to the future, but. How has the pandemic changed you as a leader? Um, can you maybe also share a bit on that?
0: I mean, uh, first comment would be then I'm really more aware of my, myself, right? That I have also to invest in my, in my health. That I need to take care of that and that I have to be a role model in, in that regards. So this is a first comment and I mentioned it at the beginning. But second, uh, as a leader, I'm more sensitive um, today. And try really even better to read between the lines and really ask before the meeting starts, because I'm somehow always the boom 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 speed, etc., get to the point. Now I really ask the people, take a step back, how are you today? And then really listen. And then ask another question related to well being, how is your situation, etc. And then really listen. And not jump directly to the to the business topic. I realized in, in the few uh, weeks, a month, I know my people much better than I did before, because we we talk different topics, private topics. And I'm a leader. I feel responsible. I mean, this is also a key message. Maybe everyone is responsible for their health, et cetera. So it's not only on the leaders, but leaders should create and establish an environment where people really, they are allowed to take a break, et cetera. And and that they are somehow aware of of how is someone dealing with the situation. Then also also asking to discuss it and give them the room to talk to you about that. Because I believe as I said, I mean we want that people are performing, that they bring the results, that we are successful in the business, and we are can only do that when we really create an environment of, where people can really bring the performance out in a life life balance situation. I'm not saying it's possible every day. But uh, we should, I mean, I always bring the example of uh, in sport. I mean, they are not go every day for 10 hours uh, for jogging, run, etc. They also have breaks, they need breaks. This is very, very important to stay on a high level of performance.
1: Yeah, That's actually true. I think we have even a recharge of the, the check-ins. Right check-ins in terms of hey um, meeting yeah. check-ins fifty minutes you know how yeah. how, are, we how are you doing
0: coffee check-ins and stuff like that and I mean um, I mean if you're honest with yourself maybe yes we always ask uh, the others how are you but those are somehow a question and then you just move to the to the business topic I think now it's important and leaders they do that in Siemens. Uh, there are more dialogues discussions about. How are you, et cetera? And then really have a conversation, explaining to to each other how is it going, et cetera. I think this is important.
1: If we look a bit also on on the digital and AI set, maybe on, in terms of leadership, you know, COVID had also probably faster adoption, right, of automation and AI somehow, right, especially in work areas, actually, right, because it needed to work fastly out, right? Um, whether it's remote connection, but also, you know, in, in certain kinds of, it's senseless, this, this magnifying glass on aspects, right? Where uh, automation is high, heavily needed in order to to make it more smoothly working, right? But on a bigger note, how is leadership in your perspective changing based on digital tech technology, such as AI? Where should leaders place a particular focus on it? Or is, is leadership in AI the same as as leadership?
0: No, same. no, definitely not. It's it, it's it's not the same. I think we should. This is just my view. Maybe because I'm I'm the head of HR, or I'm really interested in people topics. Because I believe people will be important also in the future. But people can use and should use technology to help them, right? To to do a better job, etc. And if I look to leaders, they should and they can. If there is technology available, they should use technology. For example I'll just to give you an example to measure engagement in a team why? because you don't see the people each and every day you see it only you see them only online for example and you should know where are you with your engagement are there any problems etc and there are and we are at the moment piloting office for example so we are sending out every second week a short pulse check to to the team to Teams and they, and to answer it. And then you have an overview on different dimensions. Where is the level of engagement in a team? And here, and this is the beauty, you can identify or then the technology helps you to identify what are maybe the problems you're facing at the moment. And then, and this is important, don't take actions because of a dashboard, then discuss the results in a team. So technology can provide us with data, with patterns, with insights you need to discuss. And then to decide what we need to change as a team, you know what I mean? Using technology, bring um, there help you to find out patterns, to have uh, much more insights in a team, in the well-being, etc., in performance, and then discuss the results, reflect on it, and say what do we need to change? Are the results true? Uh, why are they true? What's behind? What's the problem behind the problem? And then take actions and, and, and change. And then you can see. Then again on the dashboard, is it going in the right direction when you have taken actions, agreed with the team?
2: Thanks for sharing. Um, we can also have like another perspective on technology if we think about that it will maybe result in more spare time for employees because maybe routine tasks or processes can be automated through technology. And if we then imagine a scenario where it would result in more spare time for the employees because they don't have to deal with such processes. How could that impact the future of HR and how could that then look like?
0: Uh, absolutely with you. I mean, definitely uh, we'll have more time because we don't have to invest much m- that much time in, in processes, etc. But before you digitize a process, you should look, do we really need the process? And I would like to elaborate a little bit on that. Because if I look back and I'm really open and honest with HR, we have so many processes. For we only do that because two percent of the people try to trick the system. Let me give an example: approval process, different approval processes. We do that because we want to make sure that 100 percent of the population follow. They're following the rules. It's totally stupid. I believe it's totally stupid because you should not install a process and. 300,000 people have to run through that process. I mean, it also takes time if it's digitized because of 2% of the population. I would say, leave it, trust them. Yes, you need to express what's allowed, what's not allowed, but then trust them that they're following the rules. And yes, there will be, also in the future, 2 or 3% that are not following the rules, but there are other systematics and also AI uh, can help you there to identify who tries to trick the system and who tricks the system? And then you just take them, uh, address them, and then take actions. And with that, I st- strongly believe this is much more efficient, much better. And this is a strong signal of trust. And people, they need to feel that they are trusted. And then they are they have the environment to bring the performance. Great stuff. Yeah, true, Nice. Let's get it started. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, by the way, uh, we, I mean, we have also a proof yeah. point. I mean, this is a good example. We get, we got rid of ratings, not in each and every country, but we're starting with first wave countries, Switzerland. There are others, no ratings, no target setting at the beginning of the year in written, written in a system and no rating at the end of the year. I mean, w- we had the process because we believed the leaders will do a proper job as a manager, as a leader, If I don't know, we force them to rate people, this is totally stupid. This is really not good investor time. We should invest time in not writing targets because I mean, pandemic has shown uh, how fast the environment is changing, and then targets agreed at the beginning of the year are useless. And so that's why we should invest in in talking to each other and we call it growth talks. Really uh, agree in meetings, in, in, in workshops. What are the expectations? What everyone has to, has to deliver to contribute and then keep the dialogue open and help them to really perform. I think this is the future, not once a year, at the beginning of the year target setting and at the end of the year, give like back in school, a rating. Rating was never motivating. It was the other way around and it's not helpful at all.
1: Uh, actually, to, to be honest, I, I consider uh, leader and manager to different job profiles, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh,
0: we, should all, we should all be <laughs> leaders, right? But we should all yeah. be leaders and not, not managers, right? We don't need to manage. We need to lead.
1: In an in a agile software methodology, right, and I'm a geek manager, right, software, so that we have an uh, instrument like Chrome, Scrum, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, we have the concept actually of self-selection. Yeah. So this is uh, where letting the team actually pitch to each other, right? This is why I'm good at, this is where I am really suck, um, excuse my French here, right, or this is where I want to grow, actually, right, um, and what kind of aspirations you have, Um and you mentioned in, a, in, the, in the previous discussion about a marketplace idea, I wasn't, you know, yeah. sure, right, which may have similar notions. So in the agile manifesto, right, the individual team purpose and only if no decision is being made, right, the, the product owner f- enforces decision. So, the, you know, the team selects, it's is done by bottom up basically, right? And we, we can do that uh, with hundreds, uh, up to hundreds of people, right? This is not not a, you know, uh, choose one of our five, right? How, how far would you envision to democratize uh, somehow this decision makers process in, in the corporate structure?
0: Yeah, I mean, focusing now on staffing and how we staff jobs, I would like to give an example where I would see a successful company in the future, how, how they staff, they staff definitely differently than they are today. And, this brings it into democracy because I would love to have a platform in Siemens where we can, every, the business, everyone can, can post projects, jobs, uh, initiatives, skills they need. And then we give our people, doesn't matter where they work, in which organization, which org, org code, etc uh, they can then apply and they have the freedom, I don't know, 30 percent to invest for different project jobs etc outside their their home home harbor right there will be also I believe there will be somehow a home harbor because belonging is very important for people so they need to belong to some to 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 an area to topic to a business and yes they have then dedicated they dedicate the time of 60 70 percent to that job the the first job let me call it first job but then they have the freedom to pick and choose where and when and for which initiatives, project jobs, they want to, to give their skills or to contribute in which, in, uh, for which team or other, other unit. This is somehow my dream. And I believe that was, I mean, today we are hiring every year, also um, bringing external people on board. I believe we can staff people internally because we have so we have huge skill space right different people different experiences and sometimes i don't know someone is has a certain job but he has on top another skill set but it's not used today because it's not needed in that job but if i would know that 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 person has that skills i would love to have him in my team for 20 30 percent so maybe this is my my vision to really then also somehow give the Power back to people that they can choose because they know where are their skills, where they're good at, and what are the areas of, uh, they're interested to work in. So give them the opportunity, give them a technology to apply, to make others aware, hey, I'm interested and I have the right skill set, please welcome me to, to your team.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's an awesome idea. we currently in the, in the lab. We, we, we explore the capabilities of what we call a business residency um, because um, we were approached actually from colleagues from smart infrastructure and said like, hey, hey here's a new talent um, and he would keen to learn more and would also contribute. Can he, can he put 20% of his time contributing to, to, to AI and, uh, and, and lab what, infrastructure? What was the answer? Yeah, sure.
0: Hey, go. Let's go. I believe, I really believe we have the culture and the mindset in many, many businesses. They are quite flexible. Yes, sometimes the question, can I charge them the hours? This is then a difficult one. that would makes it very, very complex and complicated. I would really do it in a very pragmatic, easy way and see really then the business result and the success as uh, in total of Siemens. But this is definitely a long way to go. But I'm definitely with you. We have already really a lot of people that are very, very flexible and give people free for other tasks and, and jobs.
1: And there's a lot of buzz around what's called adaptive organization, right? And operational agility. Oh, super hard word, right? I mean, adaptive and agile in large orgs, right? That seems to super flourish, right? All the startups out there, right? Like they're like they 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 knocking me down now, right? But in the open source world, sorry to come again with, with, with software expertise, right? We have, we have an interesting concept, right? If you, if you, you know, it's called merge and, and, and fork, right? Merge requests are changes on enhancements. So you want to merge certain features, maybe, or existing uh, setups, right, together. And fork is more, you know what? We develop different, in a different direction. You know what? We fork that, we split it up, right? And we put this baby into a new direction. And the, the old, or let's say the initial, can still exist, I think if if we look from organization, I'm now a bit more geeky, right? But from organizational development perspective, actually, can we treat just an organization such as just like a software development perspective? Make it content based on splits, merge, enhance, enforce, empowerment, right? What are for you the, the vital attributes or, you know, for what is an adaptive organization? Super tough.
0: I mean, first of all, I think we just can't, it's not working everywhere, right? We have to be careful and, every team and every function and every business has to understand and to find out what is their way of being an adaptive uh, organization. But high level, generally speaking, I see definitely two core elements or cultural um, uh, aspects we need to consider. And first, the first is empowerment. You need to have an empowered organization, uh, empowered people that they can take decisions. And it's not a board, right? It's people that are really working on that topic. They can decide, right? If they need to change something, if they need to invest more, so much more freedom to decide what is to do and not board art there the, they decide. I mean, the, the big decisions, right? If it's, there's a huge money behind, then maybe it's still a board, but in, uh, generally speaking, much more empowerment and really people they are working on initiative, project, product, et cetera. they know what to do, right? And they should just, just have the freedom to do it first. Second, learning a failure culture. I mean, you need to fail. You need to, to try, try fast. You need to, and you need to learn from, from your mistakes. And if you don't have a failure culture, then you're not taking risks. Then you just develop first if everything is perfect because you don't want to fail, but failure is really, really important. Look at the, the, most, the most successful companies. They failed at the beginning, but then they learned. And I think this is – I believe, if I'm really brutal honest uh, with you, I believe the failure culture, there is a long way to go. There is still – there are no mistakes, no failures. Otherwise, it's the end of your career. And if this is somehow, some, somehow in, in people's heads – and this is difficult. This would, but I don't know, what, what do you think?
2: Mm. At the AI lab, we try to foster uh, fail-fast culture because you were just mentioning the try-fast. Uh, we are also trying to foster that.
1: Yeah, and so it's, it's easy to say failure culture, right? Or is it like, hey, it's okay, it's a failure, right? But how do you operationalize that? It's super tricky, right? And I, I do think, you know, if, if let's, let's take a famous electric automotive company right <laughs> um, um so um i've i've heard right they they embrace this on a on a super crazy uh level right in terms of iterations right failure is okay iterations it's 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 that so you you want to draw something out of it right because that is why why failures are super nice because you learn stuff right and and given the learn you give the feedback so you need to make sure the feedback culture is mean immediately back in this iteration process and that means you need to shorten these reflections, right, uh, in terms of sprints, right? And these sprints are super energized, to be honest, right? They, they move you in with enormous speed, right? Because, you know, normally you have two weeks, they bring it even to three hours down. So that's super, super intense for the organization, but you learn super fast, right? That sounds, in first place, super positive. I've learned, you know, this company is, loses one quarter of its employee per year. You know what I mean? From my perspective, that's absolutely, if this number is correct, right, um, that's uh, amazing because it means like on the one side, yes, you learn, you have this culture of iteration, fast learning and iterate, uh, improve, right? On the other side, you see also that it's super exhausting. Yeah, I mean,
0: on, not, on not everyone can, can deal with that, right? And everyone thinks, oh, agile or, I don't know, democratized teams and teams. It's also tough because you have then also the responsibility. And so that's why we need to do it really carefully, step by step. There are areas you need to do it faster. Others really need also to help the people. Really, I think some, they need structure. And also as a leader, you just can't, you also have to to acknowledge that people, they need maybe more time. I think that's why I'm a big fan of step-step and not overnight. It's not going to happen overnight, but as a vision to really we should definitely have such a vision.
2: I like that notion. Um, Alex, so automation and technology are also driving efficiency gains of digitalization efforts in large corporates. And from your HR head perspective, what would you say are skills that are becoming more and more important and that you are looking for in your hires? And what can leaders actually do to foster those skills in their teams? Mm.
0: I mean, also here, maybe I'm, I'm not very specific, but you can't be specific because it's important in each and every corner to look ahead, what's going to happen, which innovations will have an impact on a business and with that on jobs, what does it mean, which skills are needed in the future, which skills people have today and to identify gaps. And then I could give you the answer for that function, for that team, these skills are needed. There is not these skill in Siemens. I believe we really, really need to discuss that topic on each and every level. In the businesses, what we're doing at the moment, by the way, with NextWork, for example, uh, uh, where we really help the business to identify what is the impact of an innovation, what are the changes in, in, in jobs, what does the future look like, and what does it mean for people and their skills. And then, really, we, we, this is really this is hard work to identify what are the skills gaps and then to communicate. And I think then we can help the people if we give them clear direction what is the future looks like. And then what skills are needed, and then we go with them through a process of where are the people today, what they need to learn, can they, is the willingness there, are they willing to learn, are they willing to reskill, upskill, etc. And then just bring, to I think, transparency and to be clear, this is going to happen. I know you don't like it, but you just can't hide. Yes, you can now leave Siemens. And find another job where your skills are still needed, but maybe in two or three years, the same will happen also in that other company. So that's why we are welcoming you. We are inviting you to look at it and, and be also, uh, and this is a task for all of you. You should think about what is changing at the, at the moment and in the future in my job. Is HR needed? Do we need HR? These are fundamental questions. What is the impact, the role of HR in the future? And I need to discuss that with my people, that they understand. Okay, this is different, right? So I'll give you an easy example. Um, maybe also from uh, speaking from HR because this is my my somehow my, my, my domain know-how. Recruiting is a good example. A recruiter job was to post a job, and that the focus was on pre-selection and then running interviews. Huh? I think running interviews was then to help the business to identify the right person, etc. That was the, the core competency, etc. In the future, it's identifying, it's attracting candidates. Cold calls bring a story behind the company and the job. It's it's it's, it's like a sales, and we train the business that they do the job of interviewing because it's not efficient than when HR is doing the job for line managers or for, for, for leaders, they can do it on your own. They are also clever. We just need to train them. So they had to move from being good in interviews to being excellent in attract people and not be involved anymore in a recruiting process. So in that example, and I talked to recruiters and they said, I don't like that. And I said, yes, I understand that, but this is just going to happen. And I'm really inviting you to join me on the journey of change. Otherwise, you will not find a, a, a recruit the job you're looking for in the future.
2: Mm. That's very interesting. Thanks for sharing. There's quite some truth, but also some whitewashing about purpose driven organizations. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, what role will purpose really play in the future? And can you imagine companies like Siemens being organized more by purpose driven roles than? rigid job functions in the future. Can you take us on that journey?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's really then a purpose of of roles. It's more, I see purpose of a company, of a business. And I think we, by the way, in Siemens, we have an amazing purpose. We have really a business with a purpose behind, right? Technology with purpose. We help companies to be successful. We help, I don't know, we... uh, Bring energy to hospitals, etc, all these kind of so uh, we invest in with our products, we help to become that companies becoming more sustainable, etc. So I think there is a great purpose behind and this is super motivating for people. but then it needs a translation. What is your role? How can you as an individual in your role contribute to that purpose and to, to the business to the success of Siemens? I think this is a conversation a translation that needs to happen. But I don't, we don't need a purpose for each and every role. I think a role supports the purpose of a company. You know what I mean? Because otherwise it's too complicated, right? I think we should make it very easy. People should understand the purpose of Siemens, what's behind. We should. Everyone should understand the business. Wow, this is cool. And then what is my role in there? How can I contribute? This is very fascinating and motivating. But this is just just my view. Please challenge me on that if you think differently.
2: Alex, we're already at the final question, The time was really flying, but um, so if you've been at so many different places, you've experienced a lot and been part of different initiatives, not only in Switzerland, but also around the world. So what are the, some lessons learned that you maybe want to share right now with young talents out there who dare to make a difference in large corporations?
0: I'm. Uh, everyone is uh, saying, ah, uh, big corporate. You can't be an entrepreneur, et cetera, Bullshit. You can be also an entrepreneur. Act like an entrepreneur if you're if you're working in a big corporate, right? Money you spend. Um, I don't know uh, how many initiatives you're driving. Why you're driving these initiatives? Only because you you think it's cool or it's really important. So I believe it's it's a mentality or maybe also personality and. Maybe one advice is, and I know you've heard that many times, but think about that would be now your company. The function you're in responsible for, that would be your company, right? Look at it like that, and I think that that would be my advice. And don't think that a big corporate is slow and can't move fast. It's possible, if you bring the right people together um, with the right skills and the right mindset and the right spirit, then you can move fast. And uh, for example, I mean, just to proof point the new normal. That was really a, a big move for Siemens as a corporate. We were the first company all over the world who communicated last year in summer. Three days, we empowered our people. Three days, wherever possible, uh, in average, working mobile. That was fast and bold, so that was developed. I don't know, including uh, board approval, uh, one and a half months. And other companies are still discussing what are we doing, etc. So that's why, no, I don't believe that that big corporates can't move fast. They can move fast. It's 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 the people that are moving slow, not the not the corporate.
2: Thanks for sharing and thanks so much for your time and for being the guest on our podcast. It was very inspiring and energetic and motivating to to listen to you and to talk to you. But Alex, before we finish this episode, we want to play authentic autocomplete with you. So let me give you for the closing a couple of sentence starters and you will just finish. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Siemens is?
0: The best employer I've ever worked for.
2: Wow, that's, that's bold future of HR is
0: challenging interesting um, and fun
2: beautiful innovation is
0: important to stay relevant for customers Mm. and society
2: wow I like Um, my favorite quote is
0: oh I I quoted it today Roland Bush I really like that this is really not empowering people is weak management my favorite favorite quote not because it's Roland really it's boom it's Nothing to say about that. Not empowering people is weak management.
2: Agree. The world should have more of.
0: Humble people.
2: I like that. And last but not least, and this is a quite tough one. If I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be.
0: This is a tough one. Maybe I I say something uh, I need to give myself. I really need to learn and become a better version of myself. It's. Listen, think, and then speak. That would help in different dimensions and situations. At home, with your wife, in politics, in a negotiation system, with your, with your uh, children. I think that would be lovely, right? That would be a dream world, I would say. Huh? Listen, think, and then speak.
1: All right. um, I would have tough, right? I'm so emotional with that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> speak. No, thanks so much, Alex, uh, for you, for your time. It's really it's really enjoyable, and I think it's it's great. Sometimes it can be super critical, super hard in, in large organizations. To be honest, I'm challenged thoughts on a personal level. Sometimes it's stuff and like, and then you have this interaction with you know with with this interesting persons like you. Uh, you are right, and I, I have the feeling right. We next time we are, in, you know, we we sit together in on a cappuccino or a beer or a glass of wine or whatever, I order right because I think it's it's great that you share this this openly and this honestly. And for us, obviously important, this boldish aspect. With us, thanks so much for, for being with us here.
0: Thank you very much, Julia. Though. It was a pleasure, thank you,
1: and folks. out there's stay tuned there's a bit more to come i guess right stay bold committed and open-minded and we hear us at the next siemens ar lab podcast cheers